is coming up now on Established in the Faith. The Lord didn't mention anything about Elijah's past. We have more information on this man's future than we do his past. You've got more in the future than you have in the past. (laughs) Glory to God. God's got some good things for you. If God could catch some of you, He'd bless you. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles, will you turn with me this morning to the book of 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 17, one verse, verse 1. 1 Kings 17, verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And I want to begin a new series this morning on the prophet Elijah. 1 Kings chapter 12 tells us how that Israel became a divided nation. It happened when Rehoboam, who was the son of Solomon, took the throne of Israel after Solomon's death, and he forsook the counsel of the old men that counseled his father and took the advice of the younger men who told him to speak harshly to the people and to lay heavy burdens upon them and force them to serve. Judah and Benjamin were the only two tribes that subscribed to this type of leadership. The rest of Israel departed, and they chose Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, to be their king, and the kingdom was divided. Judah and Benjamin formed the southern kingdom of Israel, and the rest of Israel that sided with Jeroboam, they formed a northern kingdom. Jeroboam started out wrong. He knew that in a short period of time, the people would want to go to Jerusalem. They would want to cross the border and go to Jerusalem and celebrate the Passover. And he knew that this would create an opportunity for Rehoboam to take the kingdom back. So to stop all of that, he made two golden calves and erected them in two different places. He built a temple, a high place, 
and ordained a feast similar to that of the Passover. Told the people that these two golden calves are the gods that brought you out of Egypt. Come and worship before them. He led the people into idolatry. And not one righteous king ever sat upon the throne of the northern kingdom of Israel. You think of that. For 260 years, not one righteous king. Every king built upon the foundation that Jeroboam laid, which was false. And every king would lead Israel deeper and deeper into idolatry and sin. And the worst of all the kings was King Ahab. The Bible says in 1 Kings 16 verse 30 that Ahab did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. Verse 31, he took a wife named Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbal, king of the Zidonians. Jezebel. Not too many young girls are named Jezebel. That word is used toward women in a very derogatory way. And there's a reason for that. It's been said that Jezebel was the most beautiful woman in the world of that day. She was very seductive and provocative. It's been said that there wasn't a man in Israel that could resist her charms. That's why I married Dana. I couldn't resist her charms. <laughs> but he married this woman Jezebel and he would do anything to please this woman and he did. The Bible says in verse 31 that he went and served Baal and worshipped him. He built a house for Baal and then built an altar for the worship of Baal. Verse 33, he made a grove and did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the other kings of Israel that were before him. What he did caused more confusion among the people because Baal means husband. And Jehovah God said, I am your husband. So the people began to intermix the two and they couldn't tell the difference between Jehovah God and Baal. It's all the, the same thing. But Baal was a heathenistic God that claimed to have control over the weather, over the elements. The people in innocence, they worshipped Baal, thinking that they were worshipping God. And they were deceived. 
Now, I said all of that this morning because this is the environment that Elijah stepped into. And it's the environment that you and I are living in today in America. This nation is divided every way in the world that you can think of. We're divided politically. We're divided spiritually. Even the church. The church has never been more divided than it is right now. And COVID has only added to all of that. Should we wear a mask? Should we not wear a mask? It's not the Christian thing to do to go to church without a mask. We're being told now. It is your Christian duty to take the shot to help keep from spreading the virus. It's foolishness. We're divided right down the line of what to do over COVID, and we shouldn't be divided. We should all come under the blood-stained banner of Jesus Christ because virus or no virus, Jesus Christ can heal of every sickness and every disease if we'll just believe Him for it. And then on top of that, we've got leadership running the country that's confusing. He's confused, and everybody else that's behind him is confused. The whole nation is confused today. We have no leadership. They stand there and they tell they want you to take the shot. But yet they let all these immigrants come in. They do no COVID testing and they do not require them to take a shot. You're talking out of both sides of your mouth. We're in the same type of environment today that Israel of old was under. And God sent Elijah. Oh, good grace and mercy. We need some Elijahs today. We need some Elijahs today. Elijah, he just burst upon the scene. And God gives no background on this man, none whatsoever. We don't know anything about his past. We don't know if he's married. We don't know if he's divorced. We don't know if he's got a criminal record. We don't know if he's got children, grandchildren. We don't know if he's been to college. We don't know if he's got a doctorate in psychology. We don't know if he's a Baptist. We don't know if he's a Southern Baptist, Free Will Baptist, Free Meal Baptist. We don't know if he's a Methodist, Episcopalian, non-denominational. What, are, what, what is this man's credentials? God didn't give us anything on this man's past. But the Bible does say this. We do know one thing about this man. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And Elijah was not an exception. This man had something going on in his past. And that one scripture right there, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That may, when, when somebody new comes in the church, that makes some Christians want to get a shovel and go to digging. If there's a skeleton in your closet, there's some folks in the church, they'll find it. But they don't want you to find the skeletons they got in their closet. 
God didn't give us any information on this man's past because his past was buried in Christ. Glory to God. And if you are saved today, your past is buried with Christ. Romans chapter 6 verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. The word baptized means to come into union with. You come into union with the Lord Jesus Christ. You come into union with his death. When Jesus died on Calvary, the old you died with him. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism. The old you is dead and buried. All your sins have been buried with him. That like of Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in a newness of life. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us that. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And God did not give us any information on Elijah's past. Because in the mind of God... It didn't exist. <laughs> Glory to God. Your past does not exist. Wait a minute. Let, let, I've showed you one side of the coin. Let me show you another side of the coin. You'll have people to come into church and want to join. And they answer all the questions right and they've been baptized and they are qualified to become a member of the church and you accept them in nothing wrong with that but wait a minute i thank the lord for the treasurer of this church he does a great job and keeping up with what comes in and what goes out. I had a pastor friend of mine call me this week. He's got a mess in his church because the funds have been mishandled and reports have not been given out as they should and there's a lot of questions among the people sitting out in the pews and when the treasurer was asked, we want to see the books, he said, you ain't seeing my books. You got a problem there. You got a problem there. And there are certain positions in the church, you better be careful who you put in certain positions in leadership in the church. Are, are you hearing me? You better be careful who you got in that back room teaching your kids on Sunday morning. All right. God has forgiven. God has washed, cleansed, buried there are some times when you need to use a little wisdom and use some discernment on some things. But the Lord didn't mention anything about Elijah's past. We have more information on this man's future than we do his past. Now, you think about what I've just said. There's more information given in the Word of God about this man's future 
than his past. I don't know if you feel that this morning or not, but I got goosebumps breaking out all up and down my arms. You've got more in the future than you have in the past. <laughs> Glory to God. God's got some good things for you. If God could catch some of you, he'd bless you. Glory to God. God done caught some of you. Amen. <laughs> and he blessed you, didn't he, brother? Glory to God. That don't mean that everybody in here is going to win Publishers Clearing House. <laughs> but God's got some things that's more valuable than money. Let me preach out here in the parking lot. God's got some things that's more important in life than money. He can bless you with good health, being with your family. The list goes on and on. Elijah was one of the greatest prophets that ever lived, but yet we do not have a book that bears his name. Think of that. There's not a book in the Bible called Elijah. That's because he didn't write but just four verses. Four verses. They can be found in Second Chronicles 21, verses 12 through 15. Elijah, he appeared with Moses on the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus was there. Had Peter, James, and John with him. And he was transfigured right before their eyes. And Elijah and Moses appeared there and talked to the Lord about the cross, what was coming. Elijah is one of two men that have never died. The Bible says that he was taken up in a chariot of fire, Second Kings 2 verse 11. And the other man is Enoch. And you can read about him in the fifth chapter of Genesis. These two men are still alive right now in heaven. They have never died. And the prophet Zechariah, 300 years after Elijah was taken up in the chariot of fire, Zechariah saw them in heaven. Zechariah 4, verses 11 through 14. They're symbolized by the two olive trees. These two men, they've never died a physical death and yet they're in heaven right now. These two men, it is believed, will be God's two witnesses who will come down during the tribulation period at the midpoint of the great tribulation period. And they will be God's two witnesses. Revelation chapter 11, beginning in verse 3. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days in sackcloth. That's three and a half years. The last three and a half years of the Great Tribulation period. These are the two olive trees. The two olive trees I was telling you about in Zechariah chapter 4. 
These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. If any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth. Fire is symbolic of judgment. They will speak words of judgment. Fire proceedeth out of their mouth, and they devour their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. So if someone tries to shoot God's two witnesses, the bullet's going to turn right around and hit them instead of hitting God's two witnesses. You say, well, I don't know about that, Brother James. That's the book. <laughs> and whatever way they try to kill God's two witnesses, it's going to backfire on them. That's what the book says. Verse 6, Revelation 11, verse 6. These have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over the waters to turn them to blood, and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast, that is the Antichrist, that ascends out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. And their body shall lie in the street of the great city, that is the great city of Jerusalem. Listen to this, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where our Lord was crucified. Verse 9, And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half, and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and send gifts one to another, because these two prophets tormented them that dwell on the earth. Elijah and Enoch, their testimony and the abilities that God gives them will torment people on earth. And when they die, when God allows the Antichrist to overcome them and they die, to them it's going to be Christmas time. They're not even going to bury their bodies, just let their dead bodies lay there on the street. CNN, NBC, ABC, the major networks of the world are going to be there televising it all over the world. Three and a half days, these men who have tormented us. Where is their power at now? We have overcome them. We've killed them. But all of a sudden, as everybody's rejoicing and giving gifts and excited because these two men are dead, the Bible says the Spirit of God entered into their dead bodies and they stood upon their feet. And it's televised all over the world. These men that have laid there in the street for three and a half days, dead. And God sends his spirit and now they stand upon their feet and everybody looking at them. The Bible says a great fear came upon the people. That's an understatement. <laughs> That's an understatement. 
God's going to do it. That's what the book says. Great fear fell upon them which saw them, and they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither, they're raptured out. Just like the church is going to be raptured out. They're going to be raptured out. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. Like I said, God gives more information on Elijah's future than he does his past. Elijah, I'm running out of time. His name means God is Jehovah. He comes on the scene at a time when the leadership was saying that Baal is God. And Baal controls the weather. See, today we've got a government that tells us that man is controlling the weather. All this climate change and all this stuff, man is causing this. God is in control of the weather, not Baal, not man. And Elijah comes on the scene and he says, There will not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. What happens next? Come on back next Sunday and I'll tell you. program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.